Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Good morning and welcome to the show. Got a lot to talk about for week two of the NFL. Went through Canelo and Triple G last night in the rematch, so uh, we're going to have to get into the NFL action coming up right now. So uh, let's go through the individual lines, and I'll go through the DFS uh, lineups as well I've got for DraftKings and FanDuel. So in terms of uh, the spread picks this week, uh, obviously the Thursday night game went down with uh, Cincinnati being a home dog, pulling out a win over Baltimore. We've got another situation where we've got a home dog with the Tennessee Titans uh, being four and a half point underdogs to Houston. This line closed to two and it's back up again uh, to uh, three and a half. Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, this is a case where uh, Marcus Mariota has been iffy the entire week. And, you know, the Titans have already said that Mariota and Blaine Gabbert are going to split time at QB. If Blaine Gabbert comes anywhere near that football field, you take Houston straight up to win. Uh, the only reason why I didn't take Houston in uh, eliminator pools is because of the fact that, you know, there's still a chance Mariota plays and this is a smoke screen. But uh, he had a lot of trouble throwing the football last week. Uh, I can't take uh, Tennessee in this fashion. I think Deion Lewis is going to get his opportunities to perform. Uh, I don't like Derrick Henry at all for fantasy purposes uh, or DFS. Uh, I think this is Deion Lewis. This may be sooner than later. I thought Deion Lewis would take uh, Derrick Henry's job by the middle of the year. It may happen even sooner than that if Derrick Henry doesn't have a good showing today because Tennessee's not going to be able to throw the football and they've got to be able to get productive yardage. So a uh, big, uh, big time game for Derrick Henry to show what he's worth because uh, the Titans are going to need him today because I don't think Mariota's remotely healthy and this is uh, perfectly lined up for Houston's defense to take control because even if the uh, offense struggles with Deshaun Watson, I, I still think the Texans uh, have more than enough to take care of Tennessee e- even though they're going to be on the road uh, against the Titans. Moving on. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Steelers. Uh, So the Chiefs are visiting the Steelers. The Steelers have owned Kansas City. Uh, You know, to be perfectly honest, I I look at this line of five and a half, and I'm saying that this is tailor-made for Pittsburgh to win. I mean, they've owned the Chiefs in years past. I know Patrick Mahomes is good. Believe me. I know Patrick Mahomes has the potential to be a great QB, you know, but let's pump the brakes at least because, again, this is the same kind of hype train that's going for Sam Darnold that is a bit unwarranted, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves here. I look at this scenario as a case of 
There's a little bit too much too soon. It's his first road start. And the Steelers got embarrassed last week by the Browns. You rest assured that Mike Tomlin has ripped into those players all week long about not being focused and talking way too much about Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, I expect the Steelers to be focused this week and looking to take care of business. As I've said, since 2014, they're 4-0 against Kansas City. And while I know those games had a lot to do with Alex Smith being a little bit too gun-shy, I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes throws a couple of picks here trying to force the issue. Uh, to me, this is a play for the Steelers at uh, laying the points, five and a half points. Uh, I think uh, they take care of business and they win by at least a touchdown. Moving on to Tampa Bay hosting the defending champion Eagles. Tampa's a three and a half point underdog. I get it. Fitzmagic, you know, the pumpkin is going to arrive sooner than later. The issue is that you know, Nick Foles has not looked good at all yet. And so for Nick Foles to be a favorite on the road, this is this is tough. I, I mean, I think Philly's defense can carry them through. But, you know, from a valuation standpoint, this one, ideally I would lay off of. But if, uh, again, this were uh, doing pick pools, you know, this is one of those where I would actually kind of lean towards Tampa because I know the majority of pool participants are going to be on the Eagles as the defending champs. And knowing that Tampa is not exactly the most stellar organization, uh, you know, again, that performance last week against the Saints notwithstanding, Tampa's got a lot of questions to answer. So I'm curious to see how this one goes down. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is supposed to be active today. I know he's been dealing with a concussion and a bum shoulder, but uh, he's going to give it a go against his former team. And given the fact that uh, Philly said not so nice things about him being associated with uh, possible gang members, uh, I expect Deshaun Jackson to give it a whirl and do everything he can to stick it to his old team. So uh, I, I look at this as a case of, you know, this is an interesting matchup that I would lay up. Uh, I would stay away from from a betting perspective. But if you got to take it for a, a pool, I would take Tampa just from the standpoint of pretty much everyone else is going to be on Philly. So uh, you at least get uh, a bit of a gamble here because I, I really think at th- uh, being a home dog at three and a half points, you know, it's a coin flip, uh, to be honest. Moving on, we've got the Chargers. Traveling across country to play the Bills. This is a matchup where I would actually bet on the Bills for the first half just as the Chargers kind of get over the jet lag because realistically, this game's going to feel like a 10 a.m. start for them. And, you know, West Coast teams playing on the East Coast is always a tricky proposition So uh, for the early afternoon. So I kind of look at this as I think the Chargers are going to win. But I think they're going to struggle early on in the first half before they figure it out. Josh Allen's playing in his first NFL game, and he's got the Peter Man backing him up. If the Peter Man was starting for Buffalo, I would say the Chargers are going to win both halves. But Allen might uh, be the beneficiary of Buffalo adjusting its play calling and actually using LaShawn McCoy. So I expect a heavy dose of LaShawn McCoy 
play ball control offense. And, you know, the Chargers are still a bit banged up. So from the standpoint of Buffalo being a seven and a half point underdog, I totally get it if you want to go with the Bills as a shot in the dark to try to cover here, anticipating that the Chargers are going to start off sluggish and have to claw the way back in the second half. I just look at it from the standpoint, though, of it's his first start. Chargers still have a very good pass rush. Yes, they got lit up by Mahomes last week, but that's a far more talented offensive skill group than what Buffalo has. They can't do the same things uh, that we saw uh, from the Chiefs last week. So uh, I, I, I look at this as a case where I'm taking the Chargers to cover uh, uh, seven and a half uh, but uh, as a favorite, but uh, it, it could go the other way uh, from a spread standpoint. If it's a straight pick them though, uh, Chargers going to win this game regardless uh, because Buffalo has that many issues on both sides of the football. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Another game that I would take a pass on individually betting would be Carolina going into Atlanta. That stadium is loud in Mercedes-Benz Arena in Atlanta. It's a loud place to play. Carolina's missing Greg Olson, who has, who refractured his foot. They've got a couple of tackles out of the lineup. Uh, it's not a good. Uh, it's not a good situation for Carolina. And although Devonta Freeman is out for the Falcons, you know matchup wise, this still favors Atlanta at home. Even though they're laying five and a half, I I, I got to take the Falcons here uh, to uh, win uh, by touchdown because this is not a good venue for. Uh, Carolina in their present shape. Uh, they need a little bit healthier to kind of win this game. I look at Atlanta uh, winning this one outright. Moving on, we've got the Colts going to Washington. Here's the thing. Washington looked really good against Arizona. Arizona could be one of the worst teams in the league. So this should be a nice barometer test. And the fact that the Colts put up a good showing last week against the Bengals Uh, And seeing what the Bengals did to the Ravens, you know, we got a case here that uh, the Colts are being undervalued because they're five and a half point underdogs. And I think that line's a bit too steep. I think uh, I think Washington wins this one, but I think it's probably more along the lines of a one point win or a, a, a last minute field goal. That's where I think Washington wins this game. I don't think uh, they win by a touchdown. So I would take the Colts uh, as the underdog here to cover uh, five and a half. And another matchup in the Dome. Uh, We've got Cleveland traveling to New Orleans. To me, this is the worst case scenario for the Browns. 
Todd Haley, uh, the offensive coordinator of the Browns, and Hugh Jackson, head coach of the Browns, are not getting along. Josh Gordon just got cut. Uh, you know, being perfectly honest here, uh, I'll, I'll get into it from uh, the standpoint of, uh, of uh, how this affects DFS, but, uh, you know, this is a situation where I, 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 look at, I look at the Browns, and while they had their chance against Pittsburgh, New Orleans just lost. So they're going to be cranky, and that defense has been hearing all week about how they got shredded by Fitzpatrick. I think they, uh, I think they uh, start uh, going after Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod Taylor uh, real hard and fast. I think they jump on them early, and I think they blow them out. Uh, you know, depending on the place, the line could be ten and a half, could be eight and a half. I, I look at this, if the line's 10.5, okay, maybe uh, Cleveland gets a backdoor cover and, and gets to within 10 uh, before the end of the game. But I don't really see Cleveland doing that much against New Orleans. Unless New Orleans is really that bad defensively, then they got a whole nother set of issues. But uh, Cleveland's missing a bunch of weapons, and I'm not sold on, because Callaway's also got a groin injury, I'm not so long Cleveland actually being able to keep up points-wise because the the Saints will be able to score against the Browns' defense. There's no doubt about that. So uh, we got our next matchup here with Green Bay hosting the Vikings. The status, of course, is how is Aaron Rodgers going to play on one leg? There's no way Aaron Rodgers should be playing in this game. This is so reckless by the Packers. You know, uh, this is why they have only one Super Bowl to show for having Aaron Rodgers for 10 years. You know, it's dumb nonsense that, like, this is what costs teams Super Bowl runs. Aaron Rodgers should not be playing today. He may want to play against the Vikings after uh, the collarbone injury last year, but guess what? You're going to have to hold him out. But instead, they're going to let him play, and I think they're going to lose this game anyway. I really do. You know, it's a pick em contest in most uh, uh, most uh, picks pools. And the overall line now favors uh, Minnesota by a point and a half. At least uh, Green Bay was uh, a slight favorite, uh, but, uh, you know, by less than a point. But now, you know, the Lions are going to Minnesota because they're seeing what I'm seeing. Like, the Packers realistically are playing uh, an injured Aaron Rodgers against a Vikings defense that's very aggressive. They're going to hit him. They're not going to be able to protect Aaron Rodgers the entire game. There's so much risk in what the Packers are doing. And to be honest, it's week two. There's not that much reward. You got a long season ahead of you. So, uh, you know, discretion is sometimes the uh, uh, better part of valor here. And, you know, uh, the Packers clearly are not exercising that uh, point. And moving on to the last 1 p.m. game, we got the Jets hosting the Dolphins. Everyone's on the Sam Darnold hype trade. I get it. You know, the Jets don't, haven't had a legitimate QB since, you know, Boober. Well, not even Boober because Boober was really at the end of his career. I mean, you could, you could have... You might actually end up having to go to the case of, you know, the early years of Chad Pennington, 
before his multiple shoulder surgeries completely derailed his career. But, you know, the Jets have not had a true franchise QB, I mean, since Namath, basically. If, you, if you're being honest with ourselves, because even Testaverde was at, at the end of his career, the Jets have not had any legitimate starting QBs uh, moving forward for a number of years. And, you know, Jets fans are excited. But Detroit was so overall unprepared for that game, it was shocking how bad they were. And given some of the things we were hearing about from the Detroit locker room, yeah, there might be a player vote going on. So I'll get into that with the 4 o'clock games. But uh, for now, uh, I would temper expectations for the Jets fans. Uh, For picks purposes, if the line is 3 and above, you absolutely have to take... uh, you have to take the Dolphins. I mean, if it's within three, yeah, you could give the edge to the Jets. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, I, I think it's reckless to uh, to go uh, for the Jets here because of the fact that, you know, again, it was week one, and you know, there's only so much uh, teams are going to be ready for. Miami's going to have that game tape ready and know what Sam Dardo likes to do. It's one of those that I I just don't get uh, overall why people are so in the tank saying that the Jets are going to win this one. Uh, It's a lot more undecided than that. So, again, I'll take the Jets, uh, provided the lines on the three, but I'm not entirely confident in it, and the folks who are saying it's a lock, really need to get their eyes checked because, uh, uh, again, this is uh, taking a little step too far. So moving on to the 4 o'clock games, we got uh, the Rams hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals are one of the worst performances of the uh, the, uh, year so far with just an absolute clunker against Washington. Now, Arizona's got issues on the offensive line and defensive line because of injuries, and they don't uh, physically intimidate anyone at the line of scrimmage. So this could be a very awkward process uh, because uh, other teams are ahead of the curve in the NFC, and I feel Detroit is lagging behind. The 49ers have Super Bowl aspirations. They're not going 0-2. They are going to take care of business. And the line's only five and a half uh, that they're laying. Uh, you know, again, they're at home and they're the better team. I think the Niners win this by a touchdown. If they don't, then we have to start asking questions about the Niners overall because Detroit has issues that the Niners should easily be able to take advantage of. Oakland going to mile high to play the Broncos. You know, the Raiders were a disaster Monday night. Uh, you know, even though that score was close at halftime, you know, you could see the disparity of the Rams versus the Raiders. The Rams just weren't uh, uh, sharp because they hadn't played all preseason, so they were a little rusty. But once they got it going, they blew out the Raiders by three touchdowns. You know, I don't see that happening with Denver, but. Denver has a good enough defense to cause a ton of havoc for Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense. Uh, plus, the Raiders' defense is 
Gillis has some difficulty stopping Denver moving the football just the way uh, Seattle did. So I, I look at Denver, and it's not close, uh, in my opinion. Moving on to the marquee matchup of the afternoon and the day, probably. You've got New England traveling to Jacksonville. Depending on the line, uh, Jacksonville could be a three-point underdog, two and a half points, or a point and a half. Realistically, this is a game you stay away from. You just kick back, enjoy the game, but don't make any bets on it because this could go any number of ways. The Patriots have to rely on the fact that they have an overall just aura about them that teams get psyched out about. Jacksonville, so far, to their credit, has been psyched out. They've been playing the Pats straight up without giving a care in the world. So New England has to find a way to get uh, Jags to have some self-doubt because the Jags were up in that playoff game before they got the conservative. And New England can figure out a way of winning this game and winning it uh, uh, wire to wire. That creates doubt in the mind of Jacksonville. So uh, I'm very curious to see how that game goes. Uh, I'll give an edge to Jacksonville be for having the overall better team, but uh, I, I would look at uh, New England uh, probably to uh, uh, win anyway and f just figure out a way of getting to the job done. Would not surprise me one bit. Sunday night football tonight. We got the Giants and Cowboys. Dallas somehow is favored in this matchup, and I can only imagine it's because of the fact that they're the home team. There is nothing about the Cowboys so far that we've seen in a preseason or in that game against Carolina that would give anyone any confidence. They're still missing their starting center, Travis Frederick. They're struggling to run the football. They're struggling to throw the football because none of their wide receivers have any separation. You know, th this is not a good matchup right now for Dallas. Uh, this is the best time uh, the Giants are going to have to beat Dallas in Dallas. Uh, for a while. So I, I look at this as a situation where the Giants have the offensive weapons. As long as the defense plays a self-controlled game uh, don't and the Giants cut down on the mistakes, which is what killed them against Jacksonville, uh, cut down on those penalties, they're going to win this game. And they're going to win this one like comfortably, in my opinion. I think the Giants can win this one wire to wire. It, it's just because of the fact that Dallas has so many more glaring issues Giants can take advantage of it if they, if they actually manage uh, the clock and avoid uh, racking up penalties. So Eric Flowers has to stop holding. You know, the Cowboys pass rush didn't show all that much, but Eric Flowers is prone to holding regardless of how good his opponent is. Moving on to our Monday night football matchup, we got the Seahawks traveling to Chicago, and, you know, this is one of those where I, I look at it and I'm saying, you know, you could give the edge to Chicago and I wouldn't have an issue with it. My thing is Chicago's got to prove it. Chicago has to prove it for 60 minutes, which is what they failed to do against Green Bay because Green Bay took advantage of the fact that Chicago got way too conservative and just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. I'm not entirely sure you get over a loss quite like that. So uh, 
curious to see how uh, it all unfolds because, uh, you know, Seattle definitely needs a win here and the Bears also need a win. So, uh, you know, in this, in this circumstance, uh, the pressure's on the Bears as the home team, but Seattle definitely has pressure on their side as well because this is a make-or-break year uh, given the fact that they've committed a ton of money to Russell Wilson. So we're going to see uh, what comes out of all of this, but uh, I, I definitely think there are going to be additional safeguards in place. So, uh, you know, while Seattle is trying to block Russell, uh, I mean, block uh, Khalil Mack from steamrolling uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I think uh, Seattle's going to put in some different uh, protection schemes to kind of mitigate that uh, exposure. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but those will be my picks. Now I'm going to move on to DFS uh, and uh, kind of give my thoughts on the overall slate. Uh, realistically, with the Browns cutting Josh Gordon, it opens up an opportunity here to play uh, Rashad Higgins uh, because uh, Higgins is coming in at three grand on DraftKings, forty-five hundred on FanDuel. By playing such a cheap player who's going to be uh, starting and and taking most of the team reps at wide receiver in the second wide receiver slot, you know he's going to get targets, and it frees up your cash to play the likes of Gurley and Alvin Kamara together, which is. Uh, a lethal combination, in my opinion. So, in, in terms of DraftKings, the way I'm actually looking at this is a girly Kamara pairing, and you're gonna have to play James Conner at 6,700 on DraftKings, seven grand on FanDuel. You know the potential against putting up major numbers against Kansas City. Can't walk away from it. He's gonna be heavily owned in the public. Another reason why it's like. You know, you could try fading him, but the areas where you can make uh, cheap money with uh, certain plays, I, I, I just, I, I, just don't see the, the sense of uh, trying try to fade uh, James Conner uh, this week. It, it looks to be, uh, I, I would say it's it's a little too dangerous to fade Conner, in my opinion. So uh, I, I'm I'm looking at this as. Uh, you play Gurley, you play Kamara, you can play Connor, and then my stack uh, ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo QB, Dante Pettis uh, playing for the injured Marquise Goodwin at wide receiver, and George Kittle at tight end. Uh, two guys who are going to see a ton of targets. Pierre Garcon's going to get his targets as well, but I think Pettis and Kittle are uh, the guys who uh, Garoppolo has the most of rapport with. Detroit did not show me much of anything. Uh, and I think uh, uh, San Francisco's looking to rebound off of uh, what went down in Minnesota. You know, it was a tough matchup. Uh, so I, I think they, uh, I think they rebound here in a big way. So uh, that's where I have it. And then, you know, in terms of my uh, uh, third wide receiver, I'm looking at Philip Dorsett against Jacksonville. You know, I know this is a tough matchup here. Uh, but I think Jacksonville is going to be so concentrated on Gronk. I think the Pats catch him off guard uh, with uh, throwing a door set because, uh, you know, I'm anticipating Jacksonville is going to be all over uh, New England's uh, running backs, and they're they're going to be targeting the running backs all day long uh, in this matchup. 
and Gronk. So I think that leaves the wide receiver crossing routes open. I think Dorsey could definitely take advantage of the spacing he's going to have there. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if it pans out. But at 4,500, I think that's uh, too cheap uh, to pass up, uh, given uh, the matchups here. And because we paid up for uh, both uh, the top running back options and fit James Conner in, we still have money in for the Denver Broncos uh, at uh, uh, 3,300 uh, on uh, DraftKings uh, because of the potential for. Oakland to be all over the place and making mistakes throwing football. I definitely think the Broncos are a superior defensive uh, matchup here. Yeah, so on the FanDuel side of things, you know, I'm still sticking with Garoppolo. I've got Kamara. You know, you can't really fit uh, Gurley in there and Connor. So I, I kind of made the choice of sticking with Connor to be on the chalks, chalk side of things. I'm keeping Pettis in there at 4,500 to stack with uh, Garoppolo and George Kill at tight end, who's 5,600. Devin Funches is the second wide receiver at six grand. You know, without Greg Olson, Cam Newton is uh, going to be targeting him as his number one. Uh, I got Antonio Brown on FanDuel here. You can do him on DraftKings as well, but uh, I think it makes more sense paying up for the running backs uh, on. Uh, on uh, DraftKings as a fade for Antonio Brown because I, I think, you know, he gets a little bit more uh, in terms of uh, overvalued in terms of uh, uh, DraftKings because of that extra half point per reception. So, you know, sometimes the public uh, uh, overvalues him, so you get a little bit more value out of him actually on FanDuel, in my opinion. Uh, then uh, Christian McCaffrey in the flex and Saints defense at four grand. Uh, that's where I'm sizing up overall on FanDuel. Uh, running low on time, but uh, I would say the the key here... <laughs> excuse me. The key here is actually focusing on uh, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you can take advantage of certain valuations because of injuries. So uh, with Josh Gordon, uh, you know, injuring his hamstring and subsequently going to be released tomorrow... Uh, you got a chance for Higgins to shine. You've got a guy like Dante Pettis with uh, Marquise Goodwin out. He's got a chance to shine. Uh, so you got to take advantage of uh, when these guys uh, have injuries. And, of course, Funches uh, being uh, the beneficiary of Greg Olson's uh, injury uh, definitely becomes a wide receiver one, in my opinion, uh, based on volume alone. So uh, that's all I've got here for today. Hopefully this benefits you uh, with your fantasy decisions and your DFS lineups and uh, all the picks you're going to make for NFL. So best of luck to you. Enjoy the games. Today. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field. Celebrity QB featuring four time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. 
Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll, <laughs> I'll take Giselle, okay? Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.